Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Fernandez. And joining us show today is the one and only Sophia from FitBody out of Massachusetts. What's going on, Sophia? How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing? Always good. Every day is a good day on my end. Happy nice. Wednesday. Excited Happy Wednesday. to have you on. Thank you. Um, and before uh, we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with FitBody, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Well, what I've always been in athletics um, growing up. I was always an avid um participant in more than just the usual high school middle school sports I also did other stuff outside in my extra time um and then just as I got older it kind of was what my interest was so I went to school for um you know physical education exercise science nutrition all that stuff and I just continued um my health and fitness goals and it carried over into my work and so then once my work kind of took over, it was only the next step from being underneath somebody else's wing was the next step. So um, after I graduated college, I kind of going moving out here because I am from upstate New York, moving out here, I had a five year goal of opening or starting my own gym. And the one that I had worked for at that time um, kind of just landed in my lap with an offer of purchasing it. So I did so. And that was about seven months after graduating and five, three months of short of the five-year plan. And so I changed it a little bit because it was a corporate uh, company. I changed it more towards how the human anatomy actually works and geared it more on towards um, kind of people who are not necessarily avid gym goers they're more so people who have either had hip replacements back replace back surgery um different kinds of diseases ms parkinson's um people that have never been in a gym before that want to get fit um and all of like the mental health the nutritional health the physical um well the physical aspect as well and um, we kind of just molded the program into uh a, a, a fully a fully run kind of health and wellness program so we tend to have a lot of people very who are very successful with our program because we cut all of the um the extra stuff out of it and so it's a full for full oh my lord sorry um full proof plan so um what we do is we work on we have an accountability program where like you can't even go a week without missing your sessions without somebody contacting you keeping you involved in everything we've got the nutrition portion which is as you very well know is like the biggest part of um the, the hardest part too of everybody's every single day kind of routine so we get people on a good healthy routine with that you got the accountability so you're not missing the gym like it it usually happens if you're not you're going to a large facility that the smaller facility helps people get a little bit more rapport with the 
um, the trainer and the people that they're working out with. So they, it, it's almost kind of a guilt trip in a way because then they feel guilty that they're not only missing out their workout, but they're also missing out with their friends. Um, and then we alternate every other week between strength training and other things such as um, metabolic workouts, core workouts, uh, balance and stability, um, AMRAP, total body. So that way, our main focus is to build that muscle so that you can really, you know, lose the weight. And that's the most important part, part of it. But we're also working on everything else. So anybody from high school age can come or all the way up into, you know, your grandma and your grandpa can come and they can kind of get the same experience out of it at their own level and pace. So we really try to take all of like the, the scariness out of going to the gym out of stuff. You know, we, we all are very, a great community of trainers and a great community of people that come. So it's a very welcoming atmosphere for everybody. And my biggest thing is that I don't want somebody to, that has even a young person or an old person, I don't want somebody to get discouraged because they walk into a large gym after being told from their doctor they need to do this in order to save their lives. They get discouraged, they leave, they never come back, and then they kind of just accept their early fate. And that's not, I, I want to try and get people away from that kind of thinking. And that's really what all of my employees are also working on as well. Um, and as you can see, it's been very um, good. <laughs> as we've grown year after year, we've now got three locations and are able to really expand and help more and more people. I love that. I love that. And this way you finished it with, with understanding that you're in this for the right reasons, right? Um, yep. And I think that's 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 the biggest thing. You're, it's for the care of the clients, not just financial gratification. So I, I love that there. And so let's dive a little bit deeper into the, the business here, Sophia. So, you know, um, bare bones basics here. How, how many members are you guys at total? Um, well, we're definitely kind of getting back to where we were before COVID. Prior to COVID, each location had around 200 members. Well, what locations I did have prior to COVID had about 200 or a little bit more, but we're starting to get back up to like 100, 120 on, at each location. So it's slowly getting back to be being better. Um, I don't think people aren't as scared anymore about coming into the gym. It was a little bit easier for them to come into our facilities because we do have a slower turnover rate, less people, we're always cleaning. Um, and people hang out with us. People hang out with the people they work out with outside of the gym or they're in the family with them. So they're already in the same household. So we kind of did a little bit uh, we did good with personal training for compared to like the large box gyms. I know that the large box gyms have had a little bit of an issue getting back in to the level of personal trainer, personal training clients they had. But I'm thinking that we'll probably be back to where we were before COVID within the next year and a half, hopefully knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And so uh, let me ask you this, right. I'll use myself as the avatar. Now, Sophia, if I came in and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to rock. I want to get started and I want to be a member. What would I then have to pay to become a member? Pay? Yeah. Um, well, so our two first locations are a little bit set, uh, are a little bit different. They are women's only. And then the third location being newer um, is co-ed. Um, I wanted to try and offer 
my service our services to a larger crowd that way um plus we also have all the every everybody's husbands and sons and stuff like that that also wanted to kind of get on board with the healthy plan um so our, our Stoughton location which is the newest one it's a co-ed it's unlimited training it's 116 dollars a month you can come as many times as you want um you could come three times in one day if you wanted however it is the larger location out of the three so that's why we kind of have the ability to go with the unlimited and we are trying to build up the clientele there as well um, the other two locations are more based on sessions so currently um aside from what the we do have specials going on currently but we do three six or 12 month um, memberships and you can come two or three times a week um i'll go right in the middle a six month two time a week contract would be around 170 a month and a three times a week would be around 240 a month so it's not it, it's if you look at other personal training and smaller personal training gyms, this is very affordable for what you get. And yeah. it, yes, and we do have people that go with the three months and um, they end up continuing with three months, three months, three months instead of doing the 12. As you go more, as you sign up for a longer term, it goes down in price. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and so for you, Sophia, what has been the best method to finding new clients? Um, word of mouth is the biggest thing right now. And I feel like it is word of mouth because, because of COVID and because of people's um, worry about going to a facility where it's not clean and they're wasting money or they're wasting their time being there. Um, they, they see a lot of like the benefit that their friends have because um, we do have a lot of transformation clients that are just absolutely amazing and it's like night and day seeing them so that they're like our walking billboards. We have done um, mail cards in the past, still working on kind of getting that back to normal and we have done online in the past and that was pretty good. Um, it's just a, ma a matter of finding a good marketing company to, to work with when it comes to either the mail, uh, most of the online stuff, the mailers is hit or miss. Yeah, 100%. And um, I appreciate the honesty and transparency on there on, on, on what you've been using. And I think oftentimes uh, people come on air and they're a little afraid to, to voice, you know, the, the tribulations and the trials that didn't go so well because they everybody wants to seem good on air. But I think the fact that you can be that honest the viewers and to myself i genuinely appreciate that i'm sure they appreciate that as well yeah and so you know if if traffic was never a concern sophia and 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 leads and, and and clients were unlimited hypothetically speaking here what would be that max on across all three locations how much can you handle at each location um the beauty between or the beauty of uh kind of our position right now is that we have a lot of room to grow and expand we currently close at around 11 30 12 every day and reopen around three or four o'clock um every day every class is every half hour um on and um we used to do up to five people at the first two locations but just because of covid we've been doing up to three people so we have that ability to add to open up at least two more spots per 
half hour, but we also have the ability to open up the middle of the day and we have the ability to um, open up Friday evenings, Saturday evenings, and we are closed on Sunday, but we also have the ability to open up Sunday if we get to that point, which we were before COVID. It's just we don't have enough clientele at this point, but it's something that it's, uh, we know we can obtain because we've been there before. It's just a matter of, you know, keeping on chipping away at getting those clients so that we can get back to that point. Yeah, 100%. And so let's take a step back from clients and let's talk about leads. So if I was someone who was interested, maybe not ready to join just yet, but I came in and I'm like, you know what, Sophia, I like the place, but, you know, talk to me about, about what I'm going to receive, right? So talk to me about the sales process to then being onboarded, you know, the basic, basically the client journey from being an interested lead to then being a client. So generally our manager will receive our leads if they're from online, um, or if they call, or if they Facebook us, or if they Instagram us, um, the manager, our manager Kelly, um, she has a script that she sends, which breaks down all the current specials and prices and how it works, um, how the workouts work at each location. Um, she also explains what you get with your membership the cardio, the um, nutrition, and so on and so forth. When you come in, we do a full onboarding session, um, which includes uh, your measurements, your weigh-ins. We go over nutrition with you. We give you um, a how-to sheet to sign up for yourself on our scheduling app. Um, we give you a sheet on who we are and what we do and what you basically can expect from us um, during the program and uh, a lot well, we do go through we give about three different pieces of material for the nutrition portion for you to go home with um, and then we set you up immediately in our system put you right in the system you get an automatic text message or an email reminder and you also get one before your session we try to get we do offer a free week trial so we try to get you to sign up for all the sessions that you're ready to do for that one week at once and then um, immediately right after your first session you'll your information would be passed on to Kelly and she would uh, kind of go over what you're feeling how how physically fit you are if you are thinking that you need twice a week three times a week um she's like our grandma of the studio she really um is great with the rapport with the clients and will tell them what they need to hear not just what they want to hear or a selling uh, or just us trying to sell something to them so we're really trying to actually find what what location and what how many times a week and how intense and so on and so forth that client needs. And then once we get all the information from the client and if they are in contact with Kelly, if it's not a walk-in, we do it all right then and there. Um, we, as all trainer, all of our employees um, go over all of their lumps and bumps, kind of their health history and whatnot, seeing where they're, what their goals are, where their ailments are, how to avoid them, what they want, like what they want to work on, um, what their biggest um, insecurity is, and go from there. So we really try to give them a great first session and already have them booked up so that they're not just kind of hanging in the air for their next session. Because if you don't, it, that's our biggest 
um, stickler is if they don't sign up for the second session or third session for their trial, it's harder to get them back in after their first session. If you actually have them sign up before they leave or on the first day, they're more prone to come in and finish their trial and sign up. Gotcha. And uh, to kind of elaborate on that, I'm just kind of curious here. Uh, to improve that churn rate to make sure it goes down, what have you guys done to kind of alleviate that concern? You know, I think um, the fact that you're even aware of that is awesome. And I think a lot of people don't get down to the nitty gritty stuff that deep unless like it's a major like like front end issue, right? Like people are after two weeks are leaving because they do this one class. But the fact that you notice that they don't do this one thing, which is in the trial, they don't do this, um, you know, they're not going to continue, right? So what has been your best practice to make sure they do sign up for that? Well, definitely um, getting them to sign up for all of their trials, trial sessions is our, is the number one thing that we have been doing to, you know, make sure that they continue. Unfortunately, with just how life is right now, kids, school, now school's getting out, all, everybody's taking vacations and everybody's still getting COVID. Um, it's been a little bit harder to make everybody finish their trial. So we've been a little bit more flexible with giving those sessions to people after, you know, the two weeks that they, um, after they're cleared from having COVID or coming back from vacation or coming back from a graduation. And we're, keep, we're keeping contact more with those people. And that's definitely ha helping. We do already keep in contact with our leads regardless. But um, this is more every day texting, every other day texting or emailing, seeing how you're doing, make, seeing if we can pull out a commitment to them to come in after, like when they come back from vacation, making those um, session appointments two weeks, three weeks, whatever prior, so that they have something to look forward to, so that they ha technically have their foot in the door already and they get those reminders. And that's really what we've been working on is trying to get the client to commit to something if they do end up getting sick or having prior things things come up that they haven't thought about it's just it's a lot of juggling right now because I feel like this year is the first year where people are like ready to go vacation ready to go have fun and stuff so it's kind of a little bit all over the place with scheduling gotcha gotcha 100% and so it's gonna be a little bit of a longer question here and a little bit of a deeper one so if you need to repeat anything by all means just let me know so um you know, in business and especially the fitness and gym industry, there's three pillars of business we use typically. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Definitely marketing. Definitely marketing. It's totally changed um, in the past few years. Our biggest, like, um, before I owned one, two, and three, um, the prior owner of one, she uh, had a great turnaround with mailers, um, but it was a little bit of an older crowd that she would um, kind of pull in from those, whereas now everybody's online and um, we just haven't kind of targeted that, or we haven't perfected our marketing on Instagram, social media, basically, um, uh, what are they called? Um, the 
Facebook marketing and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> there's a word for it. I'm blanking on it right now. Um, just the, the promotions and stuff. Yeah. So we, gotcha. we really have to work on our, um, our online um, presence when it comes to that and being able to uh, m manage around that. Uh, what do they call that? The algorithms, and so that they work in our favor rather than against us. Gotcha, a hundred percent. And again, for for things like that, I appreciate the honesty and transparency, especially on that question. I think that's where you get most people who who aren't as honest and transparent. But the fact that you can be, um, it shows a lot. It really says about a lot about who you are as a person. And so, so thank you for that, Sophia. Seriously. And so, last two questions for you. You know. What's the bigger picture? What's the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, whether it's short-term, long-term, what are you trying to do with Fitbody? Um, I would love to make it, you know, a sound sailing ship. Uh, I've always wanted at least three. At one point, I would, I wanted to franchise, but just because of the way that a lot of the laws and tax things and, um, PPP requirements and stuff have changed. If I were to franchise out and say we had COVID again, I might not be able to receive certain funding because I would be considered a franchise. So that's definitely changed um, my want of doing that. Um, I've always wanted at least three. So I'm kind of at the point where I need to sit back and just make sure these all get full and have good stable trainers and a good stable flow of uh, clientele every from week to week from day to day um that's really the biggest goal of mine right now i like i would love to try and get more um classes in there we do do uh things such as like outdoor boot camp uh bar yoga we have had zumba we have had kickboxing so um we really just i, I would love to get back up to that point where we are full with the normal small group personal training but we are also offering other things for people so that's that's the next few years kind of goal is to not sit back but not also grow any farther i i'm pretty sure that three is going to be my max number for a while <laughs> it's a lot of work yeah i believe it i believe it i think um the fact that you accomplished your goal is nothing to be shy of though i think that that's an amazing thing that you're able to accomplish that you know within your within your goal parameters there so and, and last question for you Sophia uh which is my favorite question uh if if you could go back in time to when you first started your gym right whether it was first one third one whatever when you go back in time and speak to that 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 young Sophia when you're just starting out and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think would really make the biggest difference if you heard it back then what, what do you think that advice would be for you um Definitely, just because of all the unfortunate situations that I've had with employees and previous owners, definitely having more insight from a lawyer's perspective. I did not have very good, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here, advice from the people that I uh confided in and I, I I thought I had done my due diligence by you know getting a score um, advisor talking to small business administration um, going over paperwork and numbers and stuff like that with um, 
I, I unfortunately I used a very large firm um, that wasn't really there was a recommendation from somebody from college and it didn't really um, target my kind my line of business and I wish it had because we missed a lot of things so I think I would have just really gone back and taken the time to find a really good you know business lawyer and gone through every single letter of every single piece of paper because there's there was a lot of work that I had to do to with a lot of and transfer from lawyer to lawyer for just to get kind of everything situated so that would have definitely been the number one thing that I could have done better on definitely not my forte I'm not a lawyer <laughs> and I know how to write <laughs> I know how to write like business acquisitions and stuff like that, but not as well as like obviously the people who go to school for it. So I like I like to sure. toot my own horn a little bit, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Sophia, this is a pretty good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Sophia, you know, please shout out your Instagram, your Facebook, your website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Well, we've got Instagram is the Fit Body spelled with an I. We've got the Fit Body Sharon, the Fit Body Canton, the Fit Body Stoughton. We also have that on Facebook, the Fit Body Canton, the Fit Body Sharon, the Fit Body Stoughton. We do have a website, www.thefitbody.com. Um, and my Instagram is Sophie Bruno 9 So you can find me on there. And you can also in my bio find all of our pages and web and our website as well. Sophia, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And and we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Um, Thank you. And to, yeah, for sure. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like subscribe button. And if you're interested to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Levi Dickerson of Gains and Glory, coming to you from Lufkin, Texas. Levi, what's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, been uh, making my rounds this morning. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. Awesome. And and so obviously, Levi, we're here to talk about the gym and, and the business side of this. Everybody that regularly listens to our podcast understands what we're here to talk about. But before we dive in on the business and, and all of the fun that comes with that, tell us a little bit about the gym, first and foremost. How do you describe what this gym is about? Um, so, uh, we're, we're definitely, uh, more of a free weight gym. Um, I guess you could call that quote unquote, like a, a, a hardcore gym. Um, and, uh, we got free weights, we got, you know, competition style benches. Um, uh, we also got machines. Uh, we got a full size indoor basketball court. 
Um, so when we got, you know, different amenities, uh, pretty much for everyone. Okay. And so a lot, right? We've got the facility and the resources to help a, a pretty wide range of people. Levi, I, I think context is important here. So talk to us a little bit about, take us back here, put us in your time machine and, and talk to us about, first of all, how you got involved with Gains and Glory. And then second of all, a little sneak peek for the listeners, when your transition to ownership happened. Tell us a little bit about the, the how we got here tale. Okay. Um, so I had just graduated college. I uh, went to Stephen F. Austin State University. Um, I had just graduated college. I was working at Dollar General in uh, Ross at the time. Um, and uh, uh, one of my buddies actually brought me here because um, this was when I was competing in boxing. And they had a boxing area uh, in the basketball court. And um, uh, my buddy who was training with me in boxing, I thought it would be a good idea to, you know, to train here. And so he essentially is what got me in here as a, I started as a member at first. And then um, I became over, or over time, I became close with the, the owners. Uh, they hired me as a manager and a personal trainer. Um, and, uh, you know, we just kept going over time and, you know, I kept getting closer and closer with the owners. Um, and uh, yeah, took it over. they offered me a good deal because they had other business ventures uh, going. Um, and uh, they offered me a good deal. So I got, got a loan out and I took it. Yeah. And so here you are, right? Now you're a business owner, my man. I mean, entrepreneur life. I want to I wanna pick your brain a little bit. What's been your favorite part about owning your own business? And what's been the most challenging part about owning your own business? Uh, I, I guess this statement could actually go for both is, uh, working for myself. So, uh, that's, that's been, and I always tell people, um, that owning a gym has been the most satisfying thing I've ever done in my life. And yet the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot harder when you have to make yourself do something. Cause I mean, I'm, you know, I'm the janitor all the way up to the CEO, essentially. Yeah can't really afford to hire anybody else at the moment. So I'm doing everything by myself. So, um, so yeah, it's, it definitely keeps me, it keeps me busy every single day, you know, for sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a pretty good summary. And I think most of the people that listen to this podcast can resonate with that in that most people know entrepreneur life is, is for them. They, they wouldn't have gone any other way, but that's not to say that it's, it's, the greatest and, and only way to go, right? People are, it's, it's challenging, right? Especially in the fitness industry, mm -hmm. challenging to run a business like this. And so pros and cons, of course, as far as gains and glory goes, obviously you've been in the ownership seat for a little while now. The model of this being for the most part, membership based, right? People are paying a monthly fee, coming and using the facility, doing their own thing. How do the, the membership numbers that you guys have now compare to when you took over, for example? Um, I'd say I've increased it a little bit. Uh, so, uh, when Jeremy and Abby, the previous, the previous owners first left, um, they left with about 900 members or so. Um, and now I kind of bumped it up to 960. Um, my goal is to reach 1,000. Um, I would love to get a thousand or more members. Um, that's just kind of been a milestone 
uh, that even German Abbey had when they took over that they wanted to get to a thousand members. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. And so a thousand is the goal. Do you think that's the upper limit of what you guys could handle or can you even go beyond a thousand? We could probably, I could probably go beyond a thousand. I would say if I hit around 12 to 1300, um, things would be getting a little bit hectic here. Okay. Um, but yeah, my, my goal has just always been a thousand and you know, if I hit that, of course I'm going to want to go more. Um, but as far as like the facility and uh, containing people, probably around 12 to 1300. Okay. So room for growth at least, which, yeah. which sort of highlights, uh, the next point that I wanted to bring up and that's the marketing side of this, right? Obviously getting to, to 900 members or a thousand members or 1200 or 1300 members requires the word being spread about the business, right? We need to get information out to people. How have you found success in terms of generating interest and generating leads for the business? Um, I would say so. It's a very cliquish uh, kind of town. Um, so you've got to make sure and try to show your face, um, you know, get, uh, get in with the groups and stuff of, uh, of people around here. Um, so it's mainly been, uh, going out and talking to people pretty much. Um, I would say that, and a little bit of it has been social media. Okay. So a bit of both, right. And, and this word of mouth referral based idea sort of expands into social media. I don't think those two are, are necessarily exclusive. Social media has become word of mouth in, in 2022 by, like a post, if I tag my friends, if I share it with somebody, it's almost as if I'm talking to them face to face. Do you know what I mean? And so uh, walk us through sort of the, the social media side of this, because it's become such a huge part of the fitness industry. How do you use social media? What are you guys doing? Uh, so, I mean, I, I do all the social media for the gym. Um, I try to post about three times a week. Um, a couple times a month, I'll post an ad. Um, the rest will just be like shouting out a member, you know, if they hit a PR or, um, you know, just different things like that. Um, so yeah. Okay. So more, as I understand it, at least more on the organic side, right? We're posting content, we're posting videos, we're tagging members and whatnot. Have right. you, let me ask the question this way. Have you ever put money into using those platforms for advertising or have you considered using that at any point? Yeah. I've, oh yeah. I've, I've put probably hundreds of dollars in, in social media marketing. Is that something that you handle yourself or are you outsourcing that to another company? That's, yeah, that's stuff that, that I do. Oh, okay. I think it's worthwhile to, to explore that a little bit. How did you learn how to do that? I think so many gym owners that I talk to are, are hesitant to learn and hesitant to change. Where did you learn those skills? Uh, doing, uh, for one, a lot of research uh, on it, like how to, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, I just lost my thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, really just doing a lot of research on it, and um, there's a, 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 actually one of my trainers here, she's, she's very smart, she's very business savvy, um, and she's been helping me out a lot with ideas and stuff like that, and uh, um, I pretty much got it from her. Yeah, and, and so 
a lot of it has been self-taught. A lot of it has learned from somebody else that, that knows a, a little bit better than you. I think that, I think it says a lot about you and, and teeing yourself up for success as far as being a business owner that it's not a skill that you were born with, right? You didn't, you didn't innately know how to run Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it is, but the willingness to learn these things shows that you are in it to grow this business. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're willing to do what it takes. Take us sort of to the next step here, Levi, because sales in, in this sort of a model are so important. Obviously at one point in time, you guys signed up 950 plus people walk us through what a typical sales process looks like as far as if I'm a lead and I, I reached out to you, what could I experience in terms of everything before I'm signing on the dotted line as a new member? Um, so typically when, when they come in, um, you know, I'll work the front desk. Uh, I'll go up and shake their hand, you know, introduce myself. Um, I'll ask if they want a tour. Um, they, they, a lot of the time say yes. And, uh, you know, I'll give them a tour, just kind of take them around the place. Um, and, um, is it you, is it you handling most of the sales in the business or is there somebody else that, that chips in there? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's everything about this place has been for me. Yeah. I, it's fitness is so unique in, and, and maybe this is just a business ownership thing in general, but it's, it's funny that you described yourself as CEO as well as janitor, right? You're the guy unlocking the doors. You're the guy cleaning toilets. You're the guy doing the marketing. You're the guy doing the sales. Do you expect at any point that you'll want to hire some staff to help you with some of this stuff? I think eventually. Um, so uh, uh, as, as far as uh, hitting it from the other side of uh, making mistakes and stuff like that. Um, so around this time, about a year ago, um, I made uh, a business mistake and uh, it was, uh, I over budgeted. Uh, I didn't realize that some payments were pending. And so I was like, oh yeah, I got like $2,500 worth of that of stuff that I can get for the gym. And so I got roughly around like $2,500. Um, and, uh, right when I did that, I immediately got behind. Um, and honestly, ever since then, I've been trying to catch up. Um, and so that, of course that put me in a, uh, uh, a bad spot financially. Um, and so just ever since then, I've been trying to keep up and I'm trying to catch up and get back to where I was. Um, and it's been tough. Yeah. I, I think it's inevitable to make mistakes, right? Obviously business ownership is a game of learning and surviving and, and remembering these things the next time. So hopefully we don't do that again, right. but it's, it's important to be able to be humble and admit these things that, yeah, man, I, I didn't handle that. Well, I think I could have done that a little bit better uh -huh. moving forward. And so, I mean, to bring it back to the original point, you think, at some point in time, it's, it's going to be a necessity to bring on some sort of other staff, whether that's front desk or, or other trainers, or even just like a, a assistant manager of sort. I want to, I want to look even further into the future here, Levi, because you've been the owner for 
approaching a year now. Right. What do you think is your goal for this business in the longer term? Where, where do you see this thing trending? Um, I would like to, I would like to have this place maxed out as far as memberships. Um, I would like to uh, upgrade this place. Um, try to get, uh, the equipment that, you know, the, the masses want, um, uh, the equipment I have now, I mean, uh, everybody likes it, you know, but it's kind of antique-ish. And I think that's why kind of people like it. Um, and so I would like to upgrade it, get new equipment. Um, and eventually, uh, I don't own the building. I own I own the LLC, essentially. Um, so I'm paying rent. And eventually, I would like to try to, you know, save up enough capital to, to buy this place. Yeah. It's buy the building, you mean? Right. I see. Okay. And And... I mean, we could spend hours and hours and hours going down the rabbit hole of talking about commercial space and the pros and cons of leasing versus owning and, and all of that. We'll have to save that for another conversation. But I think it, it's cool to see how early on in the process you are and how many different opportunities you have here. Do you know what I mean? Like this model really lends itself well to one, making money, but two, helping a huge population of people right mm -hmm. we can provide value in any number of ways and so it'll be really really interesting to see what you decide and, and where that route takes you into the future you know what right. i mean yeah um and as, and as far as uh um as far as trying to help people the reason why i even like got in to the fitness industry was because i wanted to help you know that that young kid um, get a chance to move on to the next level in sports. Um, that was the first reason why I wanted to be a, a football coach. I wanted to give him that chance to, you know, move on to the next level. Right. So that, that was the main reason why I got into the fitness. Yeah, I hear you. And, and I think, Levi, that's, that's a pretty good place to, to begin to wrap this whole conversation up. And, and I am well aware that we probably just barely scratched the surface of what you guys do, but we'll have to get you back on for a, a round two interview at some point before we sign out of here. Tell us a, a little bit, where can, where can people learn more about Gaines and Glory? Is there a website for this? Yes, sir. It is uh, gainslufkin.com. Um, you know, that's, that's probably the best way to look up uh, um, on the internet. Uh, we got a social media page, uh, Gains and Glory, uh, Facebook, and Gains.Glory on Instagram. Simple and straightforward. Levi, this has been a bunch of fun, man. I, I always enjoy this type of conversation and getting the, the inside look into what business owners are thinking about and where their focus is when it comes to running a business like this. I'm excited to see the future for you, man. I think there's there's a huge amount of opportunity here for you. So. Stay in touch, and, and like I said, we'll have to get you back on down the road. How's that sound? Yes, sir. That sounds good, and I appreciate the, uh, you know, the shout-out. Absolutely. And, and to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jesse from Third Space Athletic Club in Phoenix, Arizona. What's up, Jesse? How are you today? What is going on, Bree? Thank you for having me, and big hey to all the followers out there. Excited to be here today. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right. So without wasting any time here, let's just jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Well, from a very basic sense, I've always said the most shallow thing. I really hate being told what to do and always have. So at a certain point, it was like, well, if I own my own gym, no one can tell me what to do. And from there, it was kind of fun. But um, for a long time, it's been a dream to have a GMR space where a variety of people could come and feel comfortable. And I think I'm a very quirky, unique individual myself. So it was like, why not have a quirky, unique place for everyone who's a little quirky because we all are at the end of the day. So yeah. that was always kind of the motivation. Um, it was, I liked planning and doing things in uh, high school, college, hosting events. And it was like, why not just have a place you can host where you're best at? And make yeah. Absolutely. I love that. All right. So what does your business model look like today? How do you structure things? Are we doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? So, what does that look like? Uh, we're kind of uh, a dual faceted business a little bit. We have our training side of things and then we have a recovery or athletic training portion. So I went to school for athletic training. So my background was more of the dorky fanny pack guys that run on the field in khakis and somehow save people and then run off. So after college, it was like, let me maybe combo the two of these because I also like strength training a lot. So our business model is we do group class and we do personal training. So it's very simple. You either sign up to come a couple days a week or you sign up unlimited. And then if you personal train for quote unquote semi-private, you might do that with a partner or let's say a three group, but that's booked with me. And then on our recovery end, we offer Normtech compression boots, cupping, scraping, massage. Uh, we have red light therapy and cryotherapy. So those packages run a little different, but business model wise, we try and keep it simple as a consumer. You hate like going to the restaurant and there's 27 pages. You're like, no, like just give me one or two. And so right. it makes it easy. It's like, here's what we offer. Either you like it or you don't. Yes. Simple scales. We like that. Yeah. I was just talking about that earlier today with uh, another gym owner who was talking about a franchise. I won't reference exactly what franchise it was, but they were saying how um, 
they always have so many membership options and it's like, you're trying to present like a membership card to somebody and it's like four pages of membership right. options. Much, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, they wonder why people don't sign up. It's like, you're overwhelming people. They don't know yeah. what to do. So. Um, and I think when you have too many options, you're almost trying to sell yourself too much to the client. And you're like, Hey, I could do this for you. I could do this rather. Yeah. And it takes time to be confident in what you offer, but saying, Hey, here's what we have. This is all we offer. If you like it, cool. If not, help you find somewhere else, right? right. It's not a negative. Right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now, as far as your membership base goes, how many members are you currently serving? We are at about 125 class members. And then personal training sprinkles throughout the year, depending on snowbirds, vacations, etc. So I'd say we're probably in the mix of close to 150 total in our community. Got it. Okay. and. Is that a number that you're comfortable with or are you looking to add to that membership? Um, I think we'd absolutely be looking to add because we have a lot of potential to add more class times, uh, different training options, different trainer options. So definitely this has just been kind of a base and what we, uh, as we laughed earlier about COVID, COVID kind of started and then it was like, all right, we'll see what happens. And now it's like, okay, let's kind of kick it into, you know, high gear now that right. life is somewhat back to a, people wanting to go to the gym, do a normal schedule. Yeah, absolutely. People are definitely ready to get back uh, into the gym. So that's good. We like that. Um, yeah. Now, the next question that falls in line with that is how are you growing that membership? So how are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do to attract the right people in the door? Right now, um, from years of previous marketing experience at gym, it's, it's kind of been a trial and error experience, right? It's like, do we do paper marketing? Do I go put flyers on cars? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I'd say mainly for us, it's been Instagram, Facebook, social media, a pretty consistent email list, and then ultimately word of mouth. And I think for our boutique group setting that we do, you're not looking to attract a Planet Fitness type customer, an LA Fitness type. Now, we are actually in a very close complex of Planet Fitness and have had a few people come over but that's kind of an anomaly. I would say it's, you come to the gym, you take class, you really like it. You're here for a week. We always do a free week. I kind of laugh. It's my bait and hook. It's like, come for a week. And now you met a bunch of people and did three classes. You're probably not going to leave if you like it. Right. But it's word of mouth for us. So it is, and I'm really big on it. Every time somebody steps through the door, no matter if it's personal training, no matter if it's class, no matter if they pay for one class a week, treat them the best you can. And when they leave, they have to have positive experience. And we're in a weird business where people pay you to make them suffer, which is very odd, but it's like, that's what we do. So being able to make that positive to where you leave and you're out to lunch with, you know, a girlfriend and you're like, you got to check this gym out. Like, and I think fortunately for us, we have such a great community of people that half the time, I don't think they even care that I'm the trainer. They just come because they've got friends, this and that. And it's like, we have a, a very happy, uh, supportive group of people. So I would say great experiences in here, but then pushing for some Google reviews, making sure you tag on Instagram, mm -hmm. basic things, but be consistent with them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, have you run paid advertising, paid ad campaigns through Facebook, Google? So I have, especially in the last gym I was at, we did a lot of Facebook ads. This uh, space, I started to a little in the beginning and did not find as much success as uh, I thought we would. I think it hit a broad market of people, but kind of like the um, 
parallel of you have 10,000 followers on Instagram, but you only train five people, right? It's like, it reached a lot of people, but it wasn't quality for us. And it was like, the quality was more dedicating to tagging our clients in here. And I've always been really big. If you're in the gym, I want to make you look as cool as possible, right? I want to show off how cool you are because 90% of the people don't realize all the cool stuff they're doing, right? They don't, they're not going to work like, Hey, I deadlifted and squatted in this. They're like, Oh yeah, I took class today. So it's like making our people look better, I think, and focusing on that rather than the paid ads. I've often found paid ads kind of get the, I hate to use the phrase bottom of the barrel clients, but it's the clients that are looking to pay the least and probably not be committed. Um, and we're looking more for a client that signs up and stays until they move, until a job switches, something along those lines. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things with that. So you can definitely get super specific as far as who you're targeting and attracting into the doors. One thing that always comes up are low barrier offers, right? So when you are running a low barrier offer, a lot right. of times that does attract the people who are just right, right. wanting to come in, check out the facility. They're not really serious. Maybe they're not even looking for a gym. They just want to see what you're doing. Right. Just want to you see. Know? Yeah. So that can be frustrating for sure. And you definitely don't want to be spending money on advertising if those are the people that you're attracting in the doors, right? If right. you're running ads, we want to make sure you're getting three to one returns at least on your ad spend. Correct. Correct. Because otherwise, it really doesn't make sense. Right. What is the point otherwise? Right, right. Um, and that's what happens to a lot of gym owners. You know, it's like they're getting new people in the door through paid advertising, but they're never actually even making a single dime off of that person right. throughout Getting the entire time. lifetime of that client. Industry average is three to six months for a right. client. You know, and it's like if they're coming in on a low barrier offer and then they're maybe converting into a membership that's probably a lower cost. Absolutely. That's the type of person that you're attracting into the facility. And then they're only sticking around for three to six months because they're not really serious about their goals. There's no real plan in place to help them achieve them. They're probably going to fall off. And then right. at that point, it's like you've paid more to acquire that client than, than they ever pay you. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. That kind of ties in maybe to, I think earlier I was saying about what our pricing is. It's like, having the confidence in your product. Um, I had a friend, another trainer one time tell me, he was like, do you ever think that these people like pre-plan to come see you at 5 a.m. their next day, right? They trust you and they like look forward to working out with you. And it was like, I had never thought about that. It was more just like, well, these people come to the gym. And it was like, no, no, they're coming to train with you. And so I think it's having that confidence to be like, I am good enough to run this product. So I don't need to be the bottom of the barrel anymore right i don't right. need to attract that i want to attract somebody because we always joke in group fitness it's like if you're serious about group fitness and take unlimited classes oh man you're ripping us off which is great because you're taking advantage of the price and coming for a minimal fee every day but mm -hmm. most people aren't taking advantage of that so oh, i think it's being confident and being like my product is good and i can stand behind my prices without fair prices right without having to get that bottom barrel. But now when COVID was hitting, we for sure did a cheaper intro rate because no one was really willing to come out and pay or to do things. So it was like, hey, but then at a certain point, probably, you know, move on from that. Yeah.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely important there. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind too, that a lot of personal trainers and gym owners struggle with is that you are not your ideal client, mm -hmm. you know, and that is so important to keep in mind because a lot of times it's really hard for us to price ourselves in a way that makes sense. You know, yeah. because it's like the way that you value fitness, nutrition, accountability is different. Well, right. They don't in any, it's kind of like the, uh, I used to joke, I think in nine years, I've had two people ask me what certifications I had. And yeah. so I, oh, in college, you know, that was all that mattered. You had to have this, you had to have this, you had to have these initials. And it's like, yes, to have the knowledge, but now, uh, Robbie, who comes to class, he does not care. He just believes because we do the program, he doesn't get hurt, this or that. So it's like, yes, you have to know your audience. And mm -hmm. your audience, I always joke, 35-year-old male, female who's successful and cares about their health and wants to, you know, do fitness. They don't right. actually care about the moves they're doing. They just want to do it right and be mm -hmm. safe. Right. And have fun. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And it's important to keep in mind when you are talking about pricing of your memberships, like the perceived value is a huge thing. You know, it's like as a gym owner, as a personal trainer, you're probably not going to see a lot of value behind a personal trainer or somebody that's going to help you with nutrition because you don't need it. You already know that stuff, right? That's why you're in this business. Right. But for the people that don't know it that need to lose weight that have no idea where to start that need somebody to help them and guide them the perceived value there is huge it's like an accountant like if you're an accountant chances are you're doing your own taxes you know right. if not if you're not an accountant and you're running a business and you have no idea about well, I'm accounting, my taxes to be done because i'm like somebody help me i'm not great at this i will right. happily turn this over oh yeah um i think that's kind of the an emotional uh, intelligence of being a trainer too, because we're in the gym all day. So my day consists of always being here and cycling people in and out. So to me, that is life. And for everyone else, this is a portion of their day. This is a small window that they're fitting in. And for a lot of people, that small window is what they're paying for is the accountability, right? It's not like, why didn't Bree show up today? Like, no, well, she missed. So she's probably bummed, right? She's not at the gym all day. So it's like a different thought process. And yes, being emotionally or self-aware in the sense of like, Matt who comes doesn't know how to eat right. And it's not because he's choosing not to. No one's ever told Matt how to eat right. right. And Matt, yeah, Matt is an accountant that could run circles around me, but eats McDonald's every day. So yeah, it's exactly. just being aware of who you're with and we have a really large variety of people here, which is at times can be very comical, but also like the best thing ever. So uh, it's fun to see all the different paths. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Um, now, as far as actually, let, let me ask this one first. So I always love to ask about either key challenges or bottlenecks within the business, because there tend to be some challenges along the way, maybe some bottlenecks, especially coming off of the last two years, things have been crazy. Um, so are there any either challenges or bottlenecks that really have your attention right now? And if so, how are you overcoming those or managing those? Um, I think, and I think this is probably good advice for all group fitness people. Um, Always, if you're doing personal training and group training, it's 
a different price point typically. And so a big challenge I think for a gym is to make sure that their all their eggs aren't in the personal training basket and that it's either balanced or that the group training is more because ultimately if you have all of your eggs in a personal training basket and three of your personal training people happen to cancel on you and not train for a bit, which in this day and age is very likely. And it could have nothing to do with you. You could have done nothing wrong. It's simply that Mary suddenly was moving jobs. And so now she's gone. Chad's wife was sick. So it's like things happen. And now all of a sudden you lose three personal training clients and a large percentage of your income falls. And so mm -hmm. I think if you're doing group fitness, if you're doing personal training, a big goal should be to get that group training to be the primary source of income. Because as I see it, I could lose 10 group training people and it equates to one or two personal training people. Mm -hmm. And that for a business is not going to be as big of a hit. So for us, for quite a while, the challenge was we got to ramp group fitness so that it takes a large portion of the income so that we don't have to stress that if for something, for some reason, something happens outside of our control, that our business is not going to fail. And I think too many business stack on these high ticket clients and the high ticket clients. I mean, I, I think here and a couple other gyms in the area are an anomaly. We've had people for six, seven years train with us and that's awesome. But I'd say what you said earlier, three to six months is, is pretty normal. And I've had clients that are great for six months and genuinely on a Friday in my head, I've been like, Oh, we'll see Bree forever. And on Tuesday, suddenly Bree's like, Hey, my work schedule got changed. I can't train. I'll figure mm -hmm. something out. Bree never came back, right? And that was not in your control. You never did anything. So that is a big challenge, I think. And I don't know if enough owners take that into consideration because you more or less see that bottom line and you're like, everybody's pooled in the training. And it's like, yeah, but three or four of those people are maybe it's a family, a wife, a husband. Youth is very big in Phoenix. So it's... Uh, great people will pay anything for their kids and love their kids but suddenly that whole family leaves and it's like huh that's 25 percent of your income you know so what are you going to do so i think that's a big thing that we have been focusing on and uh, in the last six months have finally been like all right we're here where we want now we can kind of move to the next thing mm -hmm. um i think as well as that it's the ongoing um issue of you can't be stagnant and even here, there's been times where it's like, uh-oh, everything's going too smoothly for too long. Like, we got to change something. And not like a, if it's not broke, you know, but it's more the sense of you got to evolve. You got to keep going and you got to provide more value, evolving and providing value because somebody could come to class and you could be, you know, the best showman and teach everybody and make them better, but eventually that runs out. So it's what can you provide them outside and yet not crush your energy or your time right and right. so making systems again the email list having a social media group we are really big on happy hours believe it or not everyone who goes to the gym loves to drink alcohol at happy hours so mm -hmm. it's like doing things like that that just provide more value for people right um, and that's got to be a everyday thing because if you're not doing it two blocks up the street someone's doing it and if they're not doing it right down the road they're doing it so it's like how can we change how can we be better because it'd be great to do the same thing forever and make it a cycle but no one's paying for that forever. right so. yeah not not quite the way it works unfortunately yeah. oh. right um 
but yeah, I mean, I like the, the idea of having the solid foundation through the group classes, but then offering those services for the clients to ascend into that want to, yes. right? It's like, because within that group, there are people who want to pay more, who are willing, willing to pay more, who need the services, that higher level service, right? So it's like having that solid, reliable foundation on a monthly basis of the group classes, but then offering those Ascension services uh, for them to be able to ascend into if they want to, if they need the extra help, then that's kind of the golden, the golden ticket there to, <laughs> to make sure you've got uh, stability within the business, but then you're also getting the most out of the clients that want it. Yeah, and of late, our big golden ticket per se, it's funny you say that, I said that a couple of weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> has been for people to sign up for unlimited classes and at the same time do a day of personal training with me. Because mm -hmm. it's like, hey, in class, there's probably gonna be 12 to 15 people. Yes, you were going to get some personal attention, but I cannot watch you as well as when it's like a hawk. And so right. I would say as a owner, you're able to, um, that's a very good priced client in a way. That's somebody that you see all the time, yet you get individual time. You're able to really focus. At the same time, it's a very good uh, monetary value for that client. And it's not a huge uh, use of your time in a way of hours upon hours during the week. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the challenging thing as well when it comes down to personal training just because you only have so many hours in a day. Right, time for money in a way, right? It's your hours and um, so as you said earlier, like, well, with 150, how would you expand that? It's like, well, we only run four classes a day right now. And so it's basically like sign up for class, get into class, and if you don't, should have signed up. We're not quite at the point where we have to immediately add because you have people who come on Tuesdays, people who come on Wednesdays, but mm -hmm. With that being said, it's okay, you don't want your gym open 15 hours a day, but you're only utilizing five. So 10 hours are kind of empty. You know, it's like, no, you want to have more of, I'm only using these hours, but we're making this much an hour because this is what we're open. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now as far as getting to that next level and adding more class times, how are you planning to get there? What, what steps are you taking to make that happen? So I think, and I might've said systems earlier, everything has to have a system in it mm -hmm. because then you can set the system up and almost spin it like a top and let yes. it run. And if it's a good system and every system has some holes that you patch over time and fix and figure out how to make better. But as long as the system's in place, things can run. So even our systems are in place for how you sign up for class, how you pay for class. Once you're paid, how you check in, and when you come in as a new person, it's like, hey, this is how we do it. This is how you're going to do it. Not to sound mean. It's like, if you don't do it this way, it kind of can't come to class. And no right. one ever is an issue because it's easy. It's, we've made it functional. But in a sense of adding more classes, it's simply prepping more systems, right? So it's been pulling to our current members. What times would people want, right? Because, yes, we're trying to get new members, but... At the same time, your brain thinks, all right, a lot of my current members will probably, you know, migrate to these classes. So now I can fill new classes with slots. But I think it's also, in a sense, realizing you're marketing to a new crowd. So you need a system of that because it's almost like um, we say some people in here are linchpins. Like I've had a girl in here who's probably brought 40 of her friends. Literally, like I've been out in Scottsdale and you can hear like, oh, yeah, I go to Jesse at Third Space. And I'm like, who is to oh it's again same right but 
<laughs> that's the people you want. So you got to kind of almost think like, how do I build systems around certain friend groups or certain people that are in the community and how can we get those classes bigger? Um, I think that COVID has helped with class times in a sense of it used to be people were jamming at work till five and we'd start a six or six thirty class. And now at like three 15, I've got so many people being like, Hey, I'm done with work. Can I come? It's like, no, stop. Don't text me. No, you're coming at five. Right. But it's, people are done. They're working from home. They have flexibility now. Yeah. Lunch classes are a possibility now because it's like, Hey, I'm at home. I can come over. So I think it's been research, making sure we know, know that we're not going to open classes that are just going to be empty. And I always joke, every class I've opened has had two people for the first two weeks. And they're usually my friends and it's super lame. And I'm like, what am I doing? Three weeks in, it's like, okay, now you have five, then you have seven, then you have nine. So I think it's just prepping the systems and planning and then attacking. If you open classes and you're running your gym for an hour, you have to have people in there. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and as far as systems go, repeatable systems. That's huge as well. So that, you know, when you bring staff in, when you bring help in, because as you grow, as you scale, you need more help. You need more coaches, trainers on staff. So once you get those systems in place, making sure that they're repeatable, somebody else can step in and take over, that is huge as well. Right. Um, going back to your time for money and a little off point, but uh, a colleague and I used to always say like, time for money as a trainer is the worst. Because if you want to go on vacation, you're not only not getting paid, now you're paying for vacation. So it's kind of a double whammy because now you're missing all your sessions, you're going here. So the concept of kind of this boutique group fitness is that yes, at a certain point when there's four people and Jimmy wants to go on a trip, the other three can fill in. Mm -hmm. Jimmy still gets paid for some of that, right? It's never this complete, I'm checking out and I don't get paid. Cause that's, as right. a trip, you're like, oh Lord, like this vacation is just, killing me if there's no point to go. so yeah it's like how can we and I used to be bigger on the personal training but I've also realized like yes while some people would love to have gym to themselves with me or some you know a couple personal training people most people want the community so maybe a semi-private right maybe it's a small group class so just some different ideas to get rid of that time for money concept yeah Right. Absolutely. And structuring things in that way also makes it more appealing to trainers because yes, there's not so much pressure on, you know, making sure that you've got enough clients and they're coming in for enough sessions every week. And like you said, if they want to take a vacation that they're not going to be getting absolutely nothing for that yes, entire time that they're gone. Yes, absolutely. And that's a huge thing. I always say this, you know, it's like a lot of, a lot of gym owners have trouble finding people, which I understand. Um, but in the same sense, you have to make it an appealing place for people to want to work. 100%. You know, and a lot of trainers end up on part-time jobs. It's like, they're doing it here and there. They're not that serious about it because they're not able to make enough money to be able to support themselves. Right. So it's like if you can create a situation where somebody can make enough money to be able to support themselves, then they're going to be more invested in your facility. They're going to give you more time. They're going to give you more effort, you know, um, 
Well, so, that's, that's the thing you got it. It's like, um, I've got the dream. So no one will ever vacuum the turf as I vacuum it. And also I've right. got the CD. So whatever, we don't need to talk about that, but right. No one will ever be as obsessed as you are, but it's, how do you get somebody to buy into the dream? How do you get somebody to buy into the place? Like, how do you incentivize ownership in someone that's a trainer when you know for a fact that they could at any moment bail and take people with you? And that's, I think trainers get hung up on like, those are my clients, those are my people. And it's like, well, they might like training with somebody else better. And that's not a bad thing, you know? Right. So it's a risk you have when you hire somebody, but at the same time, yeah, can you make them part of the family? Can you make them believe? Um, here, our big slogan is the space between. So we're the space between work and home, right? Everyone has some place they like to hang out. Some of us like to go to the bar. That's probably not the place we should go all the time. But the gym is kind of a more common area. And as a trainer, I think that mindset of like, I can be the space between for someone and I can be the space where they get better, whether it's deadlifting or bicep curls or something as simple as like walking better. But can you provide that and just see more in it rather than like, I'm making money because yes, the satisfaction is better, but it is hard to find people that want to believe in something. It's, I, I mean, I've always been like, well, I've always wanted to, you know, be a part of something, whether it was football or sports or a team, but most people see the monetary value and that's it. So you're like, how do we get you, how do we trick you? How do we buy you in? But you just got to have, like you said, the incentive options. It's like yeah. the best thing about training. If you want to make more money, start a different class, open up options, work mm -hmm. your butt off. Like it's there. Right. And it's almost like you have to create that influx of clients beforehand. It's yeah. like they want to come in and see that the place is fruitful you know that there's a lot of people in there and there's a lot of opportunity there which is it's kind of annoying sometimes i like having to provide that beforehand you know and like make right. it an appealing place to work and right. all of that stuff but it's like kind of got to play the game you know well, and i mean that goes for getting people to come to the gym even and not even as staff it's like if your place is attractive yeah if the setting is attractive, if it's full of people, really ultimately it's like, then people are more likely to come. And yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it's super annoying. Cause you're like, I'm, this is the same thing, but no, you have to play the game. Right, absolutely. It's like, if you go to a restaurant and there's a huge line out the door and then across the street, there's another restaurant and nobody's there. It's like, which one are you right. probably yeah. gonna go to? I, mean, I still remember in California with a friend, we were actually at a conference for training, but going out to eat and it was like we went to a shopping mall in the five-star location that you know Yelp said was the best there was not a soul in there but the two-star that Yelp said was bad the line was out the door it was yeah. absolutely that was great food right it's like go where the people are because that's what's and I think right. that's some of your best marketing is we talk about like any type of marketing it's like have your place alive have do everything you can to make it look like your place is a party quote unquote, like a party. Your place is fun. People are having fun doing the assault bike somehow. Like yeah. it's attractive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I used to do uh party rounds within oh, yeah. the the kickboxing rounds. Round five was always party, party round. round. People would literally bring noisemakers and blow them for round five. Like fun. It's, yeah, like it's silly, but people love that. 
and they Absolutely. get excited about that and that makes them want to come back you know and that's the most important thing is just getting them in the door on a consistent basis so that they actually reach their goals you right. know it has to be enjoyable in some sense yeah they're getting their ass kicked on the mat but they're having fun while they're doing it right they're loving it they want right. them have it kicked like this is the best oh yeah well, right, absolutely. Test, as like a coach, it's fun when people are excited to do hard things. Yes. It, it, we have a, a day during the week and it's been varying at times just to mess with everyone, but it's the hardest day of the week and everybody knows it's a very hard workout. And then I always joke, I'm like, I've, I've accomplished something as a trainer. People want to come to the hard workout. Like they're excited for it. Like they're texting each other like, oh shit, we got to do this workout tomorrow. And it's like, yes, this is fun. Yeah. We've created something fun here. Or, Simply, you guys have created something fun, you know, so right. and that's what's the best. Yeah, absolutely. And then that shows people what they're capable of, too, oh, yeah. which leads to so many other things and confidence. So and it translates in other areas of their lives as well, which is huge, yes. you know, um, can make all the difference in the world for somebody. So that's okay. and that's, that's probably the biggest part. It translates elsewhere, because at the end of the day, the gym is only a very small fraction. So, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now talking about vision and like big picture goals and whatnot, what do those look like for you? Where are you looking to take this thing? I like to call it a unicorn goal, like perfect world, perfect situation. Perfect world. Um, yes. Um, well, I think like any good dream, the dream has slowly morphed over time and things have started to look different or this or that. We always joke. I literally drew the gym out probably uh, in 2019 and built it to a T that way. And since then, everything else has slightly evolved or changed. So while the setting was there, now it's kind of something new. So I think um, originally the gym was more of a personal training gym. And now the vision is it's going to be a big group training gym. And that's our focus. And our focus is to have eight to 10 options a day for you to come to class. And that. The programming is very detailed and that there's trainers here and no one is getting hurt and people are getting better. We're getting, mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately to be able to reach greater part of Phoenix. And as we joke, third space or three, it would be great to open two more locations probably over time. And I think that we get to hit a specific area code or a uh, group of people, but Phoenix is big. Phoenix is uh, fun because a lot of people want to be fit. We're in the sun, we're by the pool. The West Coast in general, there's more of a push. So yes. I think that would be the goal over time. Um, we've made kind of a cool model where um, there's a cool aesthetic to the gym. It's got hand-painted murals, a lot of uh, vintage TVs, radios. There's a hangout area. It's got to look not just the gym, but also it's what, you know, the way we treat people, the way we always write handwritten cards the first day you come in or for your birthday. Uh, we embarrass you on your birthday. We tell everybody your age we have to do something crappy because of your age so it's like we've created kind of that vibe that i think can be replicated um again it's a system in itself it's a system that can be taken to another building and replicated um i and my girlfriend did all the build out of here um which we almost killed each other during but that was fine but redoing the floors you know putting in some drywall doing this and even simply doing it one time was like, oh goodness, doing this again could be replicated so much easier, yeah. so much quicker, so much you know less expensive. But I think that would be the goal. And then somehow reaching a corporate level. So whether that's 
having one of our staff go to different corporate offices and teaching people about posture and how to do basic things better. Um, Instagram and whatever social media account is on your phone is taken over showing these insane things. And most of the time I'm like, I'm the only one in this gym that could do that. And that's not even that cool. It's my job. I should do that. But like, how do we teach you how to sit at your desk better? How do we teach you how to pick up your kid better so you're not blowing your back out? So I think somehow reaching a corporate level with that and helping a lot of those people who, as we said, you might be an accountant and 10 out of 10 at your job and hyper successful, but you don't even know that your back is hurting because of this or that. And so being able to help those people, but ultimately being part of the community, giving people a place uh, to seek refuge. And I think uh, giving people a place to find a voice uh, unfortunately, COVID hit at the very beginning, but Third Space was kind of initially designed so that uh, people could come and find a place to work out, but also a community to be a part of and to go out and help others. And whether that's something as silly as like volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club, picking up trash, Thanksgiving, you know, handing out food, but we could do that every weekend. And so it's kind of starting to become more of that now that things are more open and people are comfortable, but it's we have so many great people who have different third spaces and there's so many people in Phoenix, I think looking for an opportunity for more. Mm -hmm. And most of us just need a place to walk in and feel comfortable and we can offer what we have to offer. So I think reaching yeah. a greater number of people ultimately is the goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a huge untapped market out there, you know, um, there's so many people and I'm sure, and this happens all the time, you know, it's like, I'm sure that there are so many people who are very close to your facility that just don't know that you're there, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it's fun when somebody's like, Hey, I've lived down the street for four months and driven by every day. And finally I'm coming in and you're like, heck yeah. Who do you know? Yeah. Like, no one. Yes. Even better. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that happens all the time. You know, it's like gym owners say it's like people that have lived in the area for even like years, you know, um, right. just don't know. They just don't know that they're there. And it's it's huge. There's so many people out there that you can help. Uh, it's just getting getting them in the doors, you know, and letting them know what you do and and letting them know what you do. I think that like, if anything, let people know what you do because too often I think as somehow I, in the last year, I've really, I think realized this, no one cares at how cool I am. No one cares at how fast I can do something. At the end of the day, if you're the gym owner, you should probably beat everybody. It's what you do. You know how to do it. You know what to do. It's like, show people something else. Show people the, you know, the girl that used to never live lift weights and now she's 50 times stronger doing these things show them the guy that needed to lose 50 pounds or just show them the 50 year old dude or we have a guy that i think he just turned 46 has turned his life around physically in the last couple of years comes to class more than anybody so encouraging it's just a portion it's like those are the things that people want to see because then they're like i could do that right yeah so it's yeah showing your value show what you can do Yes. And we always, we say like, you're stronger than you think. So it's like, show people you're stronger than you think. Like, just be strong. So I agree. Show your value, show what you do. Yes, absolutely. And putting out, you touched on this a little bit there, relatable content, you know, like I could do that. You want right. to show people, real people within your facility that have found success, 
and you want it to be relatable. People want to see people that look like them, you know, that are in the same yeah. shape as them, maybe when they're starting out or that move like them, or they want somebody that they can relate to so that they feel comfortable walking into the facility. 100%. And that's a huge, huge thing. And a lot of times gym owners kind of get caught up on putting out this like professional looking content or somebody that's all ripped up or whatever it might be. Like, and that kind of scares people away a lot of the time. I was going to say, I think we maybe have one or two people out of 120 that I'm like, you are 10 out of 10 ripped up. Everybody else is pretty strong, pretty lean, but also pretty normal. So it's right. like, yes, uh, show relatable things because those are the people that are going to pay money um i had a youth guy that I, I 10 out of 10 kid and i think it's a pretty common youth misconception this was like a year ago he was like so do you have 10,000 followers on instagram and i was like no dude i think we got like 700 and he was like oh so you must not be making any money and i kind of laughed because it was like well in his eyes that was how you make money and he wasn't wrong because everything he's seen or told is like hey get more followings followings and it was like dude it's not about the number of likes you get on instagram but like how many of those people that viewed your thing come into your gym how many of those people sign up that's what matters right and it was if, if you at 13 can understand this good lord in 10 years you're going to be killing us like yeah dude, right <laughs> please yeah <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Okay. We are at third space AZ. So just an AZ after third space and that should be all of our social. All right. Perfect. Pretty straightforward. Simple. I like it. Yes. (laughs) All right. Awesome. So Jesse from third space athletic club in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Been so fun. Good. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.